Well, it's been a while. It's been since February the 27th. I just checked the date of when I did uh, a podcast last. And um, well, here we are now in June and I decided it's been a long time. It's been a while. I've been distracted with work and a lot of things going on and decided to do one today, um, even though I don't really feel like in the mood to do one, but I thought I need to do one. Um, mainly because I want to keep up to speed with all of these and I have so many other more spoken poems that I actually want to release but they only get released every sixth episode after every every fifth episode so they're the sixth episode so yeah I've got one coming and it's brewing at the moment and I'm really excited for it to come out so I'm just like going well I have to bring out obviously two more episodes of a podcast before I can bring that out so this one I actually typed up or uh, the idea came to me back in probably February or January, I would say, actually. Um, And it's called Self-Help, Self-Love, Self-Care, the concept of the negative stigmas behind um, now this, I guess, trend of self-help and self-care. And people are seeing it as a trend and as a thing that's like something that's to be dismissed and not really taken seriously, uh, which is quite sad because I think it does have some benefits. But there are some, obviously, um, mentalities, some mentalities and um, mindsets behind self-care that, are, that I feel are a bit destructive. Um, but it's everyone's own perception it's, and it's with everyone's own growth. Um, everyone's growth speed or progress process is going to be different. And how we get to the very end, which is, I feel, um, complete transcendence where it's not all about us um, like our individual selves, it's about everyone um, being as a collective. Um, how how we all get to that mindset or that mentality of complete, we're all in this together kind of mindset. Um, everyone's journey is going to be different. Everyone's going to start from a different place on their process. So of their process, of their progress, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> So welcome to King Reflections. I'm Daniel Oliver, your host. I'm a graphic designer and a PT by trade. I'm also a life coach. And I thought first to get into of why I started my self-help, self-care, self-love, self-development journey, whatever you want to call it. Everyone's interpretation or everyone's label is going to be different, obviously. And the reason why I started it is because I realized that only I am the one that can get myself out of the rut that I'm in or the mindsets that I'm in since I was the one that put myself in those mindsets in the first place. And in, and we put ourselves in those mindsets, uh, obviously by our experiences, genetics, etc., all of those accumulating. But we still choose the stories that we tell ourselves and the belief systems that we create in ourselves or some that we um, subscribe to of others, other people's belief systems, etc. Don't mind the dogs barking in the background, all the aeroplanes going by. I just waited a, a good two minutes for the for a plane to pass by. <laughs> but on back to on the, to the topic of self help and why I've I've I started my journey. Yeah, so I realised that some mentalities of mine weren't serving me or helping me that much. And also the people that I surrounded myself with was most of the mentalities that I subscribed to and realized, hang on, the more I hang around these people, the more I'm going to be, in a sense, infected um, by this negative mindset. And coming from a Christian background, throughout all of our primary school, you know, teenage years or 
you know, childhood, teenage years, constantly told of be careful what you see, be careful what you listen to, be careful who you hang around because those things will influence you either for the better or for the worse. They're going to, one is either going to build you up and there are some that's going to obviously tear you down and be destructive. So throughout my whole upbringing, I've been conscious and aware of attitudes and mentalities and mindsets of people. And that kind of triggered, I guess, in the early years of my life, being observant of people and wanting to know how people work and why people behave the way they behave or why uh, people have, you know, in a sense, mental illnesses or disorders, um, you know, what occurred in their lives for them to get to a stage of um, complete either reliance on other people, codependency, um, or struggling to grow independence in themselves to um, obviously become become and play a greater part within the community to help others, if that makes sense. So from that, I realized um, later on in my life, probably around age 25, 26, that I had become really reliant and codependent, I guess, on friendships and relationships where I would feel secure or important. Um, and I realized that that was actually a major crutch in my life. That was a major... Um, a major thing that was hindering me or stopping me from being the best version of myself. And I'd always try, because I'm a people pleaser, um, I would always try and please my friends and family and those that are around me, not knowing that I was sabotaging my own self from my progress from becoming the best version of myself to doing what I really wanted to do, to pursue the things that I really wanted to do and uh, really the things that I wanted to reach and strive for. Because I thought, you know, if I have happy relationships, um, then that's the pinnacle of life in a sense. That's the the essence of living. But unfortunately, there is a burning desire within all of us that have dreams and aspirations um, where if we feel that we've been suffocated or cut off from those dreams or trying to strive or, you know, achieve those dreams or achieve those passions, etc., then we're not going to... We're not going to feel fulfilled within those relationships that we have, those current relationships. So I had to really step back from my uh, friendships and relationships and go, okay, what are these mentalities around me and what ones are helping me or what ones are, are really hindering me from you know, progressing towards my, my aspirations? And I had to really... Um, not disconnect fully from people, although there are some that I did have to disconnect, um, but I had to really limit my time with them, limit my my energy with them, limit my, my effort. And once I was able to obviously, in a sense, isolate myself, um, I was then able to really figure out what I really want and start listening to uh, people on YouTube that had sort of the same mindset that wanted to improve. So I guess one of the first ones that I started listening to was um, Rob Dial on on uh, Spotify, one of his podcasts. I think it was the Mindset Motivator or I can't even remember now. <laughs> but I only listened to probably about 15 or 20 episodes of his um, and it sparked, an, in, an, in a sense, an essence 
of wanting to progress and wanting to strive and just put my main focus in progressing and becoming a better version of myself. Self-development was really was the, the path that I wanted to take. Before that, though, was a book called Rising Strong by Brene Brown that actually did spark and question a lot of my mentalities and beliefs and motives in my in my life that I was like, you know what, there's something here that I need to obviously push forward or push towards to improve myself. And it actually opened up a lot of, I guess, holes in, in, in myself that I could then dive deeper and go, okay, why do I really believe this? Why do I really do this? And after Rob Dial, I leaned more into uh, Grant Cardone's stuff because I was obviously into um, growing my PT business and my graphic design business and just his mentalities um, of, especially my attitude and mentalities around money. And obviously starting from, and obviously from Rob Dial and Grant Cardone, it then leaked me into all of um, other mindsets out there like Mel Robbins, um, Tony Robbins, um, Dr. Jordan B. Peterson, just a ton of them, a ton of different ones. And then last year, throughout all of the year of 2021, I decided that I was going to read or listen to as many audiobooks as I could within that year. And I aimed to do about 50 to obviously match the um, like 52 weeks in the year. I think I only managed to read, I think, 45, I think, uh, because one, some of them were quite long, quite like one was 30 hours long and that was Jordan B. Peterson's Maps of Meaning. <laughs> if you ever want to dive into physio uh, not physiology, um, psychology and philosophy. And one of the main reasons why I wanted to do self-development or why I jumped into it is because I realized that I was really reliable on other people and their opinions and their validation um, towards me. I was codependent on their, on them liking me on them approving of me and I didn't like that anymore. I was fed up with that mentality because no matter what I did, I always in, in some way um, was never good enough for them. And it was probably because, and the main probably main reason was because I was trying so hard to, to please them that when they didn't really mirror or put in the, the same effort into the friendship or the relationship, that really annoyed me and I'll just, you know, burst with uh, frustration and then they'll see that, you know, that bad, in a sense, bad side of me and then they'd sort of be disgusted me and then I find myself always apologizing um, for my actions and for overreacting and retaliating, etc. Um, not realizing that I was not not getting what I needed from the relationships and friendships and I was sacrificing myself to always please them um, but I didn't get that in return and I felt neglected and cheated, if that makes sense. And that's also from my attitude of going, I was going into these relationships as a transaction, not as an actual friendship. So, um, and I let them cross my boundaries um, and in a sense, they didn't let me cross their boundaries. So I found it really unfair with most of my friendships and relationships that I put myself into. I was the one that had that had created these uh, these expectations and these um, wishes and because none of these expectations and wishes were met then I would be the most disappointed not them because they didn't really um, see the friendship in the same way or value it in the same way if that makes sense and along this journey while I'm in my process of improving myself and improving you know the development of myself 
there was some conflict um, by people that saw the path that I had taken and just saw it as a trend or whatever. And then some people find it selfish that, you know, oh, you know, the self-love thing is like a selfish thing. It's so vain. It's so um, narcissistic, et cetera. Like there's so many negative stigmas around self-help. And there's so many factors of why people can be deterred away from, you know, the concept of self-care or self-love or self-help, et cetera. There's so many factors. Like you see people on Instagram promoting it, um, overly happy, overly ecstatic, et cetera. And that puts some people off. And sometimes you see people that are over ecstatic and then next time that you see them, they're not ecstatic at all. And it's just this constant up and down um, moods that they go in. And you kind of question like, is it really working? Like obviously it's not working if you're constantly on a high and then a low um, and we're seeing that and it's just not really, we can't build confidence in it because it's not really established, if that makes sense. Or it's because the people are simply changing for the better. And sometimes we as humans resent people that are improving their lives and we're stuck. So we want to we want them to be as miserable as we are and we don't want to don't want them to progress so we can just start judging them and start putting them down and start saying saying things like oh you know they're that but they haven't got as nice car as me or they haven't got a, they actually haven't got a house they don't even own a house like i do um or they don't have a family and then we can sometimes make up excuses and go you know well i have a family i don't have time to do self-development or you know self-care like who has time for that and we create this really bitter attitude towards it rather than going hmm maybe there's some things in here that i could use some tools that i could use to actually improve in my life to make my life a little bit less sufferable a little bit easier especially within my relationships and within my workspace etc but i realized there was only two choices in life you can choose to progress or you can choose to regress you can choose to grow or to deteriorate you can choose to change or stagnate. It mainly starts with owning your choices and decisions and intentions and focus. Before really starting my self-development journey, I have been a PT, was a PT for probably about three years and obviously been very interested in uh, the physical aspect of life, keeping myself active, etc. And we're always told all the time, you know, you've got to build your muscle to obviously keep its strength or you've got to give it attention you've got to work it out you've got to give it the right nutrition um, to obviously build and grow strong muscles and you have to go to the gym and you have to do an intense workout put it under pressure break some of those micro like the 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 fibers the small fibers little micro tears in the in the fibers of the muscle to really shock it so that it then can retaliate and go okay well if this is going to happen i need to grow and i need to become stronger um, obviously to avoid um this micro tears again but then again you shock it again and put it through more stress and tension <laughs> so obviously then for it to retaliate and respond and want to grow again so i thought how how many times we're educated in this and it's okay it's there's no excessively bad or negative stigma around building muscle and understanding the concept of building strong muscles. But yet there's a bad stigma around mental health or mental fitness um, and, you know, self-development, self-care, self-love, etc. We're always told, you know, if you don't use your muscles or bones, you'll lose them. 
Same with the dementia or, you know, dementia, Alzheimer's. If you don't use your mind or if you don't practice and try new things, um, then obviously your, your mind will deteriorate as well. Same thing with relationships. If you don't put in an effort, if you don't put in energy and time, the relationships start to break down and then you grow so distant, so disconnected that it's like seeing a stranger again the next time you see them. So then I started looking at that as my self-development and going, you know, am I alive? I might be physically alive, but am I actually experiencing life? Am I actually alive or am I dead? Am I in a sense metaphor metaphorically dead? Am I not experiencing life? Am I not improving? Am I not growing? And then you have the other stigma of, you know, oh, you're getting self-help. Like, I don't need self-help. I, I'm good just the way I am. I don't need that. I'm not weak or uh, pathetic like you are. If you really need to get self-help or, you know, self-development books or um, podcasts or anything like that, if you need to listen to those stuff, good for you. But I don't need that help. I'm good just the way I am. I'm perfect just the way I am. And it becomes like a, a shaming technique uh, to shame people that are getting self-help. You know, you have these alpha mentalities or these <laughs> false alpha, I call them actually. <laughs> these false alpha mentalities of, you know, I don't need help. I'm good just the way I am. I don't need any of that stuff. I don't need to listen to um, people in books. You know, information in books isn't as good as real life experience anyway. So there's no point in even investing your time and energy into those. But it wasn't until I came across one of uh, Jordan Peterson's, Dr. Jordan B. Peterson's um, like little reels on Instagram or something like a little clip that I saw. And he said that the concept of, you know, self-help or self-love or self-care, self-development is dangerous. And I was like, ooh, what do you mean by that? And then just listening to it, uh, what he said, it kind of made sense. You know, if you do the work, it can take you to vulnerable places that your ego has been protecting you from all this time. You know, the ego is all about um, protecting yourself from being a fool, or looking like a fool in front of others from embarrassment. Your ego protects you from, from ridicule, from shame, from, you know, guilt, all of those. And it puts, puts up a front... Or this attitude of, no, I'm good. I don't need to put myself, I don't, need to re I don't need to, you know, go to that place or do that thing or say that thing because it's going to make me like a fool. Um, and I don't want to look like a fool. I don't want to look like, I don't want to be excluded or rejected from these people. So I'm just not going to say anything or I'm going to conform to these people um, in their culture so that I don't look like the odd one out and I'm not going to be ostracized from them. That's what the point of the ego is. That's why it's created in a sense. But when you're doing the work, you become so vulnerable. Your ego is telling you, stop, stop doing the work because it's making us um, in step into uncomfortable terrain. Like this isn't familiar. This isn't predictable. Um, this is not good. It's making us, it putting us in a weak position because we don't know where we are, what we're doing, what's going on, etc. But doing the work puts you in those vulnerable places, those uncomfortable places because it knows that you're going to grow and become stronger just like when you're doing lifting up a muscle or lifting up a muscle, <laughs> lifting up a weight at the gym, your muscle is put into an uncomfortable position and a vulnerable position because it's not as strong as what you need it to be 
especially when you're lifting up heavier weight than normal. So it then has to work harder and be like, okay, I'm, I'm going to try my best to maintain this. But you, obviously the person consciously has to go, okay, that's too much before I tear it severely that it, it can't lift it anything at all. <laughs> but once you do the work, you actually become dangerous because you have become capable of standing in the, un the uncomfortableness and in front of the confrontation. So the more you step into the uncomfortableness and the confrontation and you face that fear of being vulnerable you know, your ego protects you it, it, it wants to not be scared it, it wants to be in a place of um not being f in a fearful state it wants to be in a protected state it wants to be safe but because you step into the uncomfortableness and confrontation you're standing up to that fear and going i need to overcome you because you're you're this ego is not serving me you become dangerous. You become a questioning, a questioning, challenging figure within yourself that is shifting and all the paradigms, all the conventions in order to grow. And in a sense, you become intimidating or you're perceived as intimidating. And I'm going to branch off to the concept of intimidation because I've heard a lot of the times and I saw this other video, which I forget, um, uh, forget what the girl's name is but she in her video she's like i'm not intimidating you're intimidated there is a difference and i had to question that and ponder it and go okay if someone to me if i find them intimidating that means i'm intimidated i feel intimidated why do i feel intimidated because i'm insecure and unsure of the situation or the circumstance that i'm in i'm either not educated enough i'm not um, experienced enough even just those just even those two together is enough for me to feel intimidated especially when I walk into I don't know a restaurant or, or a, a, you know a cooking area I don't know anything about cooking food I know about food I know nutrition <laughs> I know macros and micronutrients but I don't know how to blend flavors together to make them taste great and when people start talking about you know or this food and that food especially foods that I don't eat or like, for example, fish, obviously I'm going to feel intimidated because one, I'm not educated on the flavors and the combinations of textures, et cetera, about, of, about cooking. And two, I'm not experienced in the field at all. So of course, naturally, I'm going to feel small in that industry. I'm going to feel very intimidated, especially by people that are experienced and are educated. And they're going to be looking at me like, why are you even here? Like, why are you even trying? Like, you know, this is definitely not your area of expertise. Like, move on. Of course, I'm going to feel intimidated by that. But it's because it's my own insecurities and my own um, faults and flaws in that industry that, of course, I'm going to feel intimidated. And of course, I'm going to be able to, I'm going to be very vulnerable in that sense. I'm going to be very easily to manipulate. I'm going to be very easily told what I'm doing right or wrong and what direction I should be going in and I'll just blindly follow because like I don't know any better <laughs> so of course I'm going to feel in a sense very small very insignificant very intimidated now put this back to mentality or the mentality of self-development the more you put yourself in that vulnerable space of you have no idea what's going on the more you're ready to face up to it the more you're ready to do the work to challenge your beliefs, your stories that you're telling yourself, the more you're able to sit with yourself within your emotions, especially your negative emotions and go, okay, why are you here? What is going on? Why do I think the way I think? 
And even if you try and your best to get to connect to your inner child and go, why are you upset? Why are you afraid of these certain, these types of people or these certain people? The more you do that, the more you put yourself into the position to really challenge yourself, to really question yourself, the more you're going to understand yourself and know exactly what you believe in and what your core values are and what you're going to stand for, what you really want to, uh, what your passion would be set in. And the more you connect to yourself in that way, the more you understand yourself in that way, the more you'll be able to pick it up in other people and understand why they say things the way they do or how or their behaviors you know certain things that they do especially when it's directed towards you and you can be like hang on that's not mine that's theirs they're trying to manipulate me to do something that they want me to do not really what i'm comfortable with doing though they're trying to guilt trip me and you can sort of see this all play out and you're like "Mm, that's not comfortable that's not sitting with my values i need to put boundaries up and the more boundaries you put up the more you stand up for yourself the more dangerous you become because it's going to shift their way of playing their game of life. The more that you go against the grain of the conventions and the normal paradigms, etc., the more they're going to find you unreliable or unable to work with you because you're going to call them out, especially their games of manipulation and their lies. And that's not safe for them because they're used to manipulating people. They're used to emotionally, um, you know, charging and triggering people to, you know, call them out and be like, oh, you can't do that because, you know, that's against your morals when they're the ones that actually instigated that, that emotional charge or that emotional trigger. And that's one thing as there's another thing as well that, that just, I just reminded me of why I started the work and back to me being a people pleaser because I'm an agreed and agreeable person is that I hated being used for my niceness, if that makes sense. So people would see that I'm nice and kind and I can't really say no, I can't really put up those boundaries and they would use that, they'd exploit that for themselves. They'd get that, they would use that to their gain. And I hated that, hated that with passion. And I hate people even trying it um, even to this day. Where I'm there going, well, no, I'm going to set up my boundaries because I'm not going to fall into um, pleasing you when you're not going to try and even think about my welfare or my health, etc. So I actually wrote this down before. And just to sum it all up, I said, if you feel intimidated by someone, you have not done the work in yourself to build reassurance in yourself, to build confidence in yourself, to not feel intimidated, to feel small to feel like you're not worth something. Doing the work will be will mean that no one will be able to manipulate you, to emotionally abuse you. You start calling out their games and tricks. You have the capability to speak truth and their whole world built on lies and manipulation comes crashing down. You're a threat to them. You're dangerous. And that always paralleled with, um, with the Jesus Christ metaphor of being seen as a lion. The lion has been used as a metaphor um, in the Bible for both um, the devil and Jesus. The devil in the sense, uh, it says, you know, temptation lies at your door. And when you open the door, the, the devil, the lion is like a roaring lion and he will consume you or overcome you when you open that door to temptation. 
And the other side is the other line metaphor used for Jesus is he is good, but he is not safe. He is the king, but he is also just. And that's what a lion is. A lion is seen as a very majestic, powerful, leading animal. And it looks after its pride. It looks after its community. And someone that is built so it's found like their foundations are built so so much on truth and morality and moral values and core values of morality the more that it can't be shaken or manipulated the more it can't be used against its will for other people's gains if that makes sense and it will call out those those games of lies and manipulations and self self gain selfish gain it will call it out and be like no you're not that's not right and people don't like that <laughs> people don't like to be called out for their selfish gain of whatever it might be whatever their selfish gain might be that's where my self development path is taking me it's taking me to the point where i don't really worry about other people's opinions of me whether it be positive or negative their opinions of me doesn't affect me of who I am because I know who I am and my my who I am is not in their opinion. I know what I'm capable of. I know the things that I can achieve. I know I know how vulnerable and weak I am in certain situations. I know where I need more education, I know where I need more experience. I know where I, where my faults are and my flaws and I'm not ashamed to dive into them and really sort them out and work them out and when people try to call out oh you're just being you know you're just so weak or whatever and it's just like "Mm, you can say that if you want but my stability security doesn't lie in what you say about me because you're not the judge of my life and you'll find that people that do call out things like this and say you know oh self-help is just for the weak or you know you're you're pathetic for even needing self-help like i don't need self-help that just shows one of their insecurities that they can't push themselves to be vulnerable and real with themselves of why they don't really like their lives so much or why they dislike their lives so much. Because a person that is really true and has done the work, they will never try and tear someone down. Obviously, we're all still progressing and there are people that are like, like myself. I'm still on this journey, so I do sometimes slip up and I'm there going, oh, that was really bad. That was really destructive. That was that would that was tearing people, tearing them down. I didn't. I don't want to do that. I don't want to be that person. I want to be someone that builds some that builds people up, or at least doesn't say anything. Anyway, so that's my concept of why I started the self help, self love, self care, self development journey, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> I do prefer the concept of or the term self development because I feel like there is a difference between self-help self-love self-care and self-development but i just decided on this one i'll just talk about why i started along this journey of self-development and just labeling it with all of them because everyone's got obviously their different interpretations different meanings of each of them but it always still points to the concept of looking after yourself trying to improve yourself trying to um, look out for yourself so that you're not suffering as much as you were before. But anyway, a lot more of that later on in the future. 
maybe, possibly. I could elaborate on all four of them if I really wanted to. <laughs> um, but they're different tangents and I've already spoken for a good half an hour, so pretty sure you're probably tired of my voice. And with that, I'll let you go. So have a good day. If you like this one, um, share it, subscribe. Don't think you can like it on Spotify, but I'm gonna try and put these also on YouTube. So check out my YouTube channel as well. If you can subscribe to that, um, Xander King. And you know, look at my Instagram, check out my Facebook, etc. Look at all of those. Anyway, have a good day and King up. <laughs>